We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. You are in the right place because this is another episode of the Dateable Podcast where we dig into modern dating culture, why it is the way it is, and how we can make it better. Not just from an individual level, but from an overall cultural level. Do you, don't you feel like you're part of something now? Like this is not just a podcast, you're part of a movement. <laughs> Collectively, we will save modern dating all. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. I feel like it's in the most dismal state that we've ever seen it. So the time is now. <laughs> if not now, when? Right? You know, I mean, to bring it back with some of the trends we're seeing with quiet quitting, mm-hmm. everyone's probably heard that term. I feel like if it follows anything similar, right? It's like the great resignation is people that are kind of fed up 
and they're want to make change and they want to make moves. Mm-hmm. But then quiet quitting, you're kind of just sitting there, yeah. like passively kind of letting things happen. And, you know, in work, we could debate this all day long. There are some cases that it's not like totally outlandish to do what your responsibilities are and nothing more like and get paid for it. Totally get work-life balance and all that. But we've started to see a bunch of articles with how this relates to dating. And I actually feel like if we move to the state of apathy, then like that is actually like, the worst place that modern dating could go because you always hear the opposite of love is not hate it's being indifferent and i think that actually is what quiet quitting your dating life is doing if we go down that path that just sounds like ultimate hell for people to quiet quit dating what does that mean you're physically present you're physically going on dates but you are not invested in anybody and you're one foot out the door that is terrible. Why would anybody want to be around right. that? We're not saying that like, you know, having anxiety with dating, which is the topic of today is a good thing. I mean, we that could cause a lot of pain, but at least it gives you that fire that you're still trying, right? Mm-hmm. That you still want it in some sort of way. I feel like just being like, eh, I'll do the bare minimum. I don't care what happens. That's not a way to approach dating and relationships and love. That's actually quite scary. I think what is the road we're headed down? What it is, it's very scary because people are giving up. It's not even the quiet quitting. It is the end result of quiet quitting is that you quit, right? Eventually, you do quit that job. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you're saying you're quitting dating. And we've heard this from many of you out there who said, I've just given up. You know, I deleted the apps. I'm just going to see what the universe gives me. I'm not even going to try. And if it happens, it happens. If not, then be it. There's just this defeated mindset that is creating the standstill for us right now in this moment in time in modern dating culture. It's creating a standstill because so many people have just thrown in the towel and said, I'm not even going to do anything about it. And we're really hoping that this episode gives you hope because we spoke with Alana Dunn, who we've known, you know, in the podcasting world for (laughs) a couple years now. And she actually worked with us on an event we did with Logan Yuri a while ago for the sounding boards. That was when we first met her. And then she had done the podcast for Hinge. And, you know, we obviously had heard her podcast. She's listened to this podcast. And it's about time we had her on our podcast. And we are also going to be on her podcast in a month or so. So now is the time to subscribe to that too, so you can hear us eventually, but also just catch up while you're waiting for that. But this this episode gives me so much hope for all the daters out there because Alana talks about, you know, how she was the most anxious of daters and how she got through on the other side and found that secure relationship. And I love hearing stories like this because I personally resonate with this a lot. I was also a very anxious dater and I was able to figure out ways to, you know, ultimately move past it and not let it get in my way and then also just come to terms with the anxiety too. Like there's certain things that I get better with every day, but just being with the right person that's not going to shame you for it, that you could be open with and tell them about what's going on for you. There's like so much to learn that makes you not want to give up on dating 
when you hear stories like this of people that were able to meet wonderful partners. And I feel like most of the times it's not the people they originally went for that were giving them anxiety. That seems to be a recurring theme. I know. It's never the person that makes you feel like shit that you end up with. What a concept there. (laughs) And I think for anybody who's like, I've listened to enough episodes about anxious dating. This episode is actually quite different. I think my takeaway from this episode is different than the other anxious attachment episodes that we've done, because this one, part of it, not all of it, part of it is also about why we actually go for the anxious feeling, that it's almost an addiction that we want to feel anxious. And so first, we almost have to recognize the addiction before we can move on from the anxiety itself. Right. Well, we conflate it with chemistry, right? We think that we're, you know, feel the spark and the chemistry and connection is there, but it's really just our anxiety talking. And I feel like we've heard time and time again, like so many people that found the slow burn, the person that maybe it wasn't fireworks from day one, but it always felt calm and safe and comfortable. Like it sounds so boring when you say it out loud, but that <laughs> is like that that is actually who makes a good life partner. I know. A good relationship is kind of boring to talk about. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like in my current relationship, I remember at the beginning just being like, there's really nothing for me to talk to my friends about. There's no, no like ups and downs. There's no anxious feelings or troubles that's happening. And then I realized like, that's a really good problem to have. Like that your friends shouldn't yes. be like, are you trying to meet and form a relationship with someone or you want dating? as a way to bond with your friends. And, you know, I think in the past, maybe I've, I swung more of the other. Mm-hmm. And you'll feel this drastic difference between being with someone who makes you feel unsafe, who makes you question and mind read versus being with someone who makes you feel supported mm-hmm. and safe and respected and loved. It's a drastic change because it's so drastic. People don't recognize the opposite behavior because they are so not used to it. If there's no ounce of anxiety, they may think there's no spark. There's no potential for romance romantic chemistry. There's no future for us. Well, what you're actually feeling is all the right feelings for a good relationship. And so now's the time to recognize what that is. Can you recall the most anxious you felt when you were dating? If there was like one specific story that stands out to you? I can think about 10. Okay. (laughs) Remember when adult coloring was really in? Oh my God, I know what story you're going (laughs) to (laughs) tell. Okay, so dating this guy that I was so into, not for any other reason than the fact that he made me really anxious. Okay, let's just be honest, because he was not that communicative, because Mm -hmm. he was very elusive, and I never knew where he was or what he was up to. It made (laughs) me want him so much more. So we had plans to get dim sum one weekend, and this was the night before we're supposed to get dim sum. There's no communication. It's completely pouring in San Francisco. I had just bought 10 of those adult coloring books as a way to just pass the time. So I just (sighs) colored for hours and hours waiting for him to confirm plans. It made me so anxious. And it was such a terrible use of my time because I wasted the entire night coloring. Right. (laughs) It did not make me feel any better. And the next day, he reached out like 
10 minutes before we're supposed to meet up saying, oh, are we still meeting up? I wasn't sure. (sighs) I know. It's like if you wanted to actually color, by all means, go for it and color. But the (laughs) fact that that was like a distraction and you could have been doing – I know that feeling too. Like I've been there before. It's like (sighs) you really can't think about anything else or do anything else because all you're thinking about is what you want to happen that's not happening. Like why didn't you reach out in that situation? Like looking back. Because I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose. And I want to be the yeah. cool girl. Like, oh, we're hanging out. We're hanging out. If not, it's cool. I have other plans, which I didn't because I ran out of coloring books. <laughs> I had no other coloring books to color at that point. But I used this. This was such a pattern of mine is that I would wait, wait, wait until the very last minute. And if they do reach out the last minute, then I come to the date with so much resentment. Like I come with this combative attitude that they're not even aware of. But then right. all of a sudden they feel the energy. And it's like, what's wrong? You know? And then I've also done this shit. I know you've done this, Julie. It's like you preempt <laughs> that you're going to be, you're like, okay, I know I'm going to be anxious waiting for this call or waiting for this text that I'm going to plan my day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when he does say he wants to hang out, I'm going to say, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I made all these plans. When you deep down just want to hang out with him. Right. You know, I'm actually having a revelation because we are doing this episode. We are in the future. We are currently, you know, I'm in Hawaii, but I'm not in Hawaii because we're recording this a week in advance because I'm going to be away. (laughs) You know, every so often. She's physically in Hawaii. (laughs) Yes. We try to stay current with the intros, but when we are traveling, that is our exception that we'll do two weeks out at a time, unless it's like a four week trip or something. But, anyways, um, (laughs) I'm having this revelation because last. Last time I went to Hawaii in 2017, Mm -hmm. I was dating the British guy that ended up getting like having to leave the country. And that's why we broke up. But it was like the very start of our relationship, like a month in. And, you know, we had really great dates, but he also was not like the best texter. And Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, like we talked, like we definitely didn't like talk like all day, every day, like I do with my current partner. Well, now I don't because I just see him every day. But before... (laughs) like that and (laughs) I remember like I went to Hawaii and I was kind of like oh well you know like if you want to feel free to text me like you know like trying to like be like subtle Uh about it and I didn't want us to like go a week without talking or whatever the time was you know and I felt like I wanted I didn't want to be like the one that always texted him on my vacation to like show that I wasn't thinking about it but I also did want to hear from him while I was on vacation and I honestly like didn't know if he was actually going to reach out. We're like, oh, we'll hang out when we get back. But it's still like, you know, I wanted to keep the momentum going. And I remember like I hadn't heard from him for like maybe the first three days of the trip. And I was like so anxious about it. Like looking at my phone Mm. all the time. Like my friend that I was with was just like, dude, chill. Like, you know, like... (laughs) Who cares? Like, Mm. just enjoy this trip. Like, why is this preoccupying, like, brain space, right? Or just send Mm -hmm. the text. Like, if you don't want to be waiting. But I wanted to meet, I wanted to confirm that he wanted to text me. Like, I didn't want to text him. Like, it sounds mm-hmm. so stupid saying it out loud. But you know you know what I mean? Like, the validation that this person likes you. And I didn't want to be me all the time, like, reaching out and initiating it. I wanted to feel like he missed me and he was, like, trying to see what was up. And then finally, like, I remember putting my phone away. She's like, please, just stop. Like, you're driving yourself <laughs> crazy. And we had, like, no service anyways. And then, like, we went and finally got service back. And there was, like, a text from him. And I was like, oh, phew. 
But the amount of anxiety for no reason, right? Like no reason. It's just these like cat and mouse games at the beginning where you don't want to like hand over your quote unquote power. Like that's all it is. But it really just... It just drives you crazy. And I wish I had that time back on that trip, right? I know. It kind of ruins your vacation because then you can't relax. You're looking at your phone. Right. You know, (laughs) I feel like, though, it's one of those things that some of it's yourself, right? Figuring out how to manage your own anxiety. Because while, like, yeah, it would have been more ideal if he was just texting me all the time and I didn't have to think about it. But at the same time, like, he wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, he just wasn't on my exact timeline, right? Of, like, when I wanted the text. So I think some of it's your own management, which I've learned over the years. But then also some of it's just finding the person that isn't going to give you that anxiety either. My current partner, you know, like there hasn't been a day that I've never heard from him through text. I mean, now, but Mm -hmm. it's only because I see him. But like, there's never been a day where I haven't heard from him, basically. I mean, that's what a partnership is. Exactly. But I feel like we think that like it needs to be this guessing game and it just drives us crazy. The cat and mouse thing. We'll save that for another episode. I have a lot (laughs) of thoughts about that because I think a lot of people want that feeling of the cat and mouse game in the beginning. Like somehow it's flirting and fun and sexy i don't know i don't know. I have many thoughts about it but we'll we'll no. talk about that in another episode <laughs> you gotta go you gotta get back to hawaii okay you gotta get back to your vacation yes and you know i'm <laughs> i'm looking forward to not being in that anxious state but you know i am really glad that we're putting out this episode because i do think it will help a lot of people put a lot into perspective i would say that that's even be- feeling like i've come out of it it still put a lot into perspective for me and it did mm-hmm. cause me to have an aha moment that I will share at the end. I'm not going to give it away, but there was a revelation Mm -hmm. I had from this episode. Okay, well, we won't keep going into it. But before we get into the episode, announcements, our 22 day dating app challenge is still going strong. We've heard some really good feedback from the new cohort that's in it now. A lot of people have said this has made me feel so much more at ease, so much better about using the apps, less anxious. That word has come out Mm -hmm. multiple times. So if you're not on it yet, go to findingyourperson.com slash apps. A reminder that registration is going to close the end of October. So if you're debating doing it, the day is today. Get on it. <laughs> Make the most of this cuffing season. Oh, yeah. It's completely self-paced. We just want to clarify mm-hmm. that. So it, when we say cohort, it doesn't mean you're going to do this challenge with other people. It's just that you're part of the this group of people who are going through the challenge around the same time. Yes. But it's completely self-guided and self-paced. Yes. But you do get to talk to UA and I and share your profile. So that is the only interactive <laughs> moment. But know that there's like a whole group of people doing it with you. I feel like there's that solidarity in numbers that feels nice. Oh, yes. Okay, well, um, we'll hope to see you in there. Okay, before we get into it, let's hear a message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the One Love Foundation. The numbers of people affected by relationship abuse are startling. Abusive relationships rarely start with physical abuse. Instead, there are often red flags like manipulation, isolation, belittling, and volatility. Do you know the signs? One Love Foundation, a national nonprofit dedicated to ending relationship abuse, empowers you to see the signs of an unhealthy relationship before things go too far. Visit joinonelove.org and learn to spot the signs of unhealthy and healthy relationship behaviors. Okay, let's hear it from Alana. 
All right. When we say this has been a few months in the making, we really mean it. We really mean it. We've been wanting to get Alana on our show for so long and I'm so glad to finally meet you virtually and to have this deeper conversation that's outside of talking on social media. I couldn't be happier to be here. Seriously, like I feel like you guys are people who I've looked up to and really admired everything that you've done since I started podcasting. I was like, wow, like they know what's up. And you guys have formed such an amazing community. And I just I have so much respect and admiration for everything you've done with Dateable. Oh, well, we are so glad we have the same. It's like a mutual girl crush. So we're so glad to have you. I feel like, yeah, this is definitely months, if not years in the making. Years. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's so interesting about you, Alana, is like we've been following your journey. We know you're in a monogamous relationship now and we love seeing all the posts. And you have the insider knowledge because you worked at Hinge and you've seen kind of like behind the scenes. And then now you're in front of the scenes and now you're helping other daters to date better, being a former anxious dater yourself. So who is Alana Dunn? She is 28 years old. She's been in New York for six years, originally from Westchester. She's the host of the podcast called Seeing Other People. And before that, she worked at Hinge for many years. And you worked on their podcast as well, right? Yeah. So I produced and hosted their podcast, Dating Sucks. Yeah. So positive, right? (laughs) (laughs) Naming that show was such a journey. And the fact that that's what we went with is hilarious. (laughs) Well, let's just start right there. You're obviously very interested in the dating space. So what got you started? So oddly enough, I did not plan to be in dating. I did not aspire to be in dating. I was working in the music industry out of college for a few years, and I was so gung-ho about it. Never imagined I was ever going to want to leave. But as I was working in that space, you know, I entered the music industry because of how much music had helped me and how I wanted to use my skills, which were, you know, social media, graphic design, video editing, to help people fall in love with music the same way I did, which was by feeling really connected to their family favorite artists and bands for me. It was the Jonas Brothers. And I kind of had a really negative experience in my first job out of college. I was working at a record label. It was like a quote unquote dream job to me. And I very quickly realized that it was very unlikely that I would be able to get to a place where I'd be able to actually help people and have that part of my cup filled up and feel like I was making an impact because the behind the scenes of the music business is completely political bullshit. Mm. That's what it is. And it made me fall out of love with music. I stopped enjoying it. I stopped listening to music. And at the same time, I was in this cycle of only dating guys who worked in music, whether Mm -hmm. they were at labels, at management teams, or actually musicians or producers themselves. Mm. No wonder you were an anxious dater. Uh Uh-huh, right? (laughs) Exactly. That's what was going on in my dating life. And all of these situations would just crash and burn. And I finally was in this really horrible situation, this very toxic, unhealthy relationship that really dragged me to rock bottom. And at that point was like, I need to get out. And I was so lost. I didn't know it was possible to feel that horrible. But I was just applying to jobs anywhere I could find. I Mm. was applying to three-year rotational programs where I'd have to do a year in finance. And the homework assignments I was getting for these job applications, I literally was having guys I was going on dates with do them for me (laughs) because I hadn't taken math since high school. What do I know about, Uh you know, skew numbers? Nothing. So it was a really interesting time. And I ended up stumbling upon this job at Hinge. And the title was video and content producer. And I did not have any 
actual expertise in dating at the time, but I had the actual skills that were required for this job. And in my mind, I was like, wow, if I could use the skills that I have to help a single person not end up feeling this way about themselves that I currently do because of what's been going on in my dating life, that would be the greatest thing in the world. And I ended up getting the job and suddenly I was the face of the brand and running their social media and it was a complete whirlwind. I love that you're like, my dating life is in shambles and now I'm the face of Hinge. (laughs) I'm the poster child for what not to do. (laughs) It was really funny. (laughs) We love a good rock bottom story. What can you tell us about, you know, that point of your life and, you know, was the anxiety there? What was going on for you with that rock bottom story? In the beginning of it, my friends were saying to me, Alana, we've never seen you so happy. Mm. We're so happy you're this happy. And very quickly that changed to, Alana, we've never seen you like this much in pain and we don't like the way he's treating you and we feel like you're not okay and we're here for you. But I wanted this situation to work out so badly that I ignored all of them, like in one ear, out the other, did not Mm. want to hear it. And I ended up being in this relationship for almost a year where I was a secret. Mm. And I found out later that the entire time he was seeing other people Mm. to, you know, keep up the facade that we weren't actually dating. And meanwhile, you know, I flew halfway across the country to spend the holidays with his family. (gasps) Like we're spending five nights a week together. And I kept having these hunches. And this is the first time I really ever experienced anxiety and also depression. But I would have these hunches that he was talking to somebody else or seeing somebody Mm -hmm. else. And it was the time where you could see what somebody was liking on Instagram that Mm. that feed was there. So I would Mm. see him starting to follow these other women and liking and commenting on their posts. And I'm like, who are these people? And I would bring it up to him. And he's like, what, am I not allowed to have other friends? Mm. Or he'd be like, you're crazy for even looking at that. Like, why are you doing that? Mm. Do you not trust me? So then I'm at a point where like I see a hair on his pillow and I'm like, is that my hair? I don't know. Like those were the questions that were going through my mind because I didn't know what was reality and I didn't know if I could trust my gut. I didn't know like which way was up and it ended up completely like crashing and burning. This is also somebody who I worked with very closely. Oh shit. And the reason it was a secret was because we were working together and, and he didn't want the other person we were working with to know. So once we quote unquote broke up, we're still spending all of this time working together, traveling together for the job. And I'm having to pretend like none of this ever happened. Right. Because it's still a secret. (laughs) Damn. So, you know, we're like in meetings and I I excuse myself to go to the bathroom to hysterically cry. Like Mm. it was horrible. And towards the end, I finally said to him, like, look, like we have to come out with the truth. Like I wanted to be honest this whole time. You wouldn't let us, but like, I'm not okay now. Like I need to tell the truth to this other person. And he said like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, watch me. And so what he did was he beat me to it and told his truth. And so when me and the other person finally sat down, he was like, Alana, it's okay. Like he told me everything. I know you guys kissed once or twice. Like, (gasps) don't worry. It's not a big deal. Like you can stop lying now. And I'm like, that's what he said. Wow. It just sounds like major gaslighting. And I feel like that term is overused, but I feel like this actually is is gaslighting. (laughs) Yeah, this you aren't feeling what you think you're feeling or you're not. This isn't what you think it is. When did you start having that feeling that something was not right? It was probably I guess this started around, you know, I think we started having feelings for each other, maybe like June, July. We didn't act on it until like August. And then I think even 
you know, while I'm at his family's home in December, I'm like, like, this is not right. And even probably before that, probably started in like November too. Like I started to pick up on different things. And I think it was how I was feeling where I'm like, okay, I'm seeing things. I'm asking about them, but he's totally shutting me down. He's telling me there's nothing to worry about, but those things aren't changing. And he's getting defensive about them. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to believe it. You know, I wanted my happy ending. I wanted things to work out. And I think that's one of the hardest things, you know, for anyone who's in a situation that they have a hunch that something's off, like, but you're already this far in and and you want it to work out and you want to believe that people are good and that this person feels the way about you that they say. So it's really, really hard. And especially when you're being like gaslit and manipulated in in the way that I was, then you're like, oh, fuck, well, I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. God, I mean, I feel like all this makes so much sense why you would have anxiety in dating. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you had that anxiety before this or did this? Okay, so this brought it out. Nope, 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 nope. This brought it (laughs) out. And then, you know, you move past this. You are working at Hinge at this point. I'm assuming you're starting to date other people. How did this manifest when you were back to dating? It was really tough. On one hand, I had a hard time trusting people. But on the Mm -hmm. other hand, I give people the benefit of the doubt to the point where it hurts me. Mm -hmm. So I continued to date people who wouldn't fully commit to me or they would hang out with me and take me on dates for months, but not have conversations about where this was going or what they wanted. Or they'd even go so far to say, I really like you and I want to keep hanging out with you, but I'm not looking for a relationship. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, well, you just introduced me to your parents. So what Mm -hmm. do you think this is? And I learned the hard way that people have very different definitions Mm -hmm. of things in dating. And you don't always know that you're on the same page as somebody. And you really have to have those conversations to figure it out. Yeah. But then when you're in that anxious state and you're kind of replaying old wounds over and over again in your head, how were you dealing with this at the time? Oh, not well. (laughs) How was I dealing with it? I wasn't. I was just staring at my phone, refreshing to see if Mm. they were going to text me back in X amount of time, or I would test them and I would text them something asking a question, see if they would answer it. Well, I saw that they were active on Instagram or they watched my story. Are they going to respond to my texts? And I would create these stories in my head, applying meaning to certain actions when I didn't know the truth. I didn't know what was real. And I was trying to say like, all right, they do like me. They do want something serious because they didn't freak out when I said that I liked them or Mm -hmm. I brought up like hanging out with each other's friends and they were down. So obviously like, you know, they want something with me or not. Or if they didn't respond when I brought up, you know, wanting to go on another date or hang out with friends, if they didn't respond for a little while, I would spiral and I would be like, oh my God, like it's happening again. And I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me was if it was a Thursday night, a Friday night, a Saturday night, you know, those are more common date nights. If I didn't hear from somebody, Mm -hmm. if that's when they weren't texting me back, I would immediately assume that they were on a date with somebody else. Oh yeah. (sighs) I would do the same. (laughs) I was like, I know all the things you're saying are rigging like a little too true. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Bring back all the memories. I remember, you know, the frantically waiting and, you know, my what worst. I would love to tell my old self was, you know, invest in people that invest in you, not trying to make like fit the square peg into the round hole. But, you know, you do kind of need to go through it. I know for me, like I thought I had major anxiety because I had so much dating anxiety. I went as far as I signed up for this program to manage anxiety. And then I realized I didn't actually have anxiety in any other parts of life except for dating. Mm. Mm, yep. Like, did you have 
anxiety come up other places or was it really limited to dating and relationships? I'd say for the most part, it was limited to dating and relationships. There were other times in my career where I would have a lot of anxiety about work or about my Mm -hmm. job or about specific relationships within my job. And and in this case, I don't mean like romantic relationships. I mean like somebody who was my boss or or my colleague where it was not a healthy working relationship that would really, really impact me. But outside of that, no, like I've never had anxiety about like friends or family or traveling or just day-to-day things like it was always about dating. And that makes sense because when you're so anxious in one area of your life, it probably sucks all of your <laughs> anxious energy into that it's like one no part. room for other parts. Yeah. I feel like people who are I have friends, I can imagine them listening to this being like, "No, it's it's everywhere for me." <laughs> But I totally get what you're saying. That are across the board for sure. There are, yeah. It's infinite. But I definitely feel the same, Julie. I feel like those anxious times in my life were absolutely geared towards dating and relationships. And it was always the dating game, always wondering if they're out with other people, always wondering if they're just having more fun without me. That's just kind of like how I felt if I didn't hear back from them. And I would make up these stories in my head. And that's what get me down this anxiety spiral. And the next time you see them, you come with an entire story that you made up in your head and you yep. come with a little attitude because right. you're like, you you're went like out angry. on Thursday yeah. and you went out drinking on Saturday. And they're like, no, I just uh, stayed home and played video games for a few days. But okay. Right. And, and you come with an agenda of like, okay, yeah, I have agenda. all these questions in my mind and I need to know like, is this true? Is this not? What were they actually doing? Mm. Who were they actually with? And you're right. Nine out of 10 times it was that they were playing video games. <laughs> so Mine was different. Like, I don't think I had that anxiety. I wasn't like, oh, they're out with someone else or they'd rather be with other people. Oh, but I had anxiety. Don't don't, don't call (laughs) me too lucky yet. I think mine stemmed from a fear of abandonment and a fear that like I wasn't good enough or like someone that they wanted to be around. So it was less about other people. But even if they chose no one over me, it was more of just Mm. they would realize like that they could do better. They, you know, something like that would be in my mind with the anxiety. Mm. Like how else did it show up for you when you were dating? What you just said reminded me of some other things that I felt so much and I don't know how they weren't the first things to come to mind (laughs) a few minutes ago, but there was definitely this constant feeling of like, why am I not good enough? You know, Mm -hmm. why am I not good enough for somebody to want to commit to me? Because I kept dating people who didn't want to commit. And then seeing other people get into relationships or even seeing those people who wouldn't commit to me end up dating somebody else after like, well, why am I not deserving of love? And this other person is like, what's wrong with me that I can't find this thing that I want so badly. And I think a big problem that ended up, you know, resulting in was me wanting to go above and beyond for somebody to like show them that I was worthy. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. and I totally understand that for a lot of people, that would be me coming on way too strong, you know, but I just wanted so badly to love and be loved. Yeah, that I almost didn't care who it was with. I was like, I just want somebody, anybody Mm -hmm. who will accept me and want me. Yeah. It's the validation. (sighs) Like I remember just being like, why can't I ever get past a third date? So like my goal was Mm -hmm. just to get past the third date. You're right. It it takes the emphasis off of who do you want to be with, but just who wants to be with me. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, too, then you're just like, find yourself just going after this achievement, not actually like the life with this person. Like I look back on so many situations that I'm like, I didn't even know this person. Like, why was I putting so much emphasis if they liked me? They probably didn't even know the real me at all either. But in your head, it's like this game that you need to win. Like you need to get to the next level, get that next date. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's a game. That's exactly what it is. That's when I received all the terrible dating advice from my friends who told me to play the game to ironically take hold of the situation and you control the narrative now. So now you're not going to text back for three days. And when you do text back, it's going to be a one word (laughs) answer. And then when you see him next, you're going to say A, B and C to make him feel like you were busy and you didn't need him. You know, it becomes, it's interesting because your friends are telling you this so that you do take back the power. But what you're actually doing is giving it up, creating a worse anxiety (laughs) hole for yourself to crawl into. My friend is going through this right now. You know, she just went on five dates with somebody and the fifth date was on Saturday and it went great. Mm -hmm. And they made plans for this coming week. And then he slept over on Sunday morning. Like that's when he said, like, when can I see you this weekend? They left on a great note and she was so happy. And then they only texted back and forth like twice on Sunday. And then the last thing she wrote two messages and he hearted them, didn't answer. There was nothing to really respond to, but then he didn't continue the conversation. And what was to follow was, three days of her losing her fucking mind oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. saying, I feel like something shifted. What if he decided mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be with me anymore? He doesn't want to be in a relationship. Like we don't have a plan for our date yet. Like he definitely doesn't want to be with me. And I'm like, well, you're not texting him either. Like, yeah. why don't you text him and ask how his day was? You know, maybe right. he feels really comfortable with where things are. So in his mind, he's not anxious and doesn't feel like he needs to text you because he knows he's going to see you. But if you want to talk to him, then talk to him. Text him. I feel like that is the root of it. Like I know for me, I was definitely like a later bloomer. So I resorted to teaching myself like I would in anything else, right? So I bought all the books, read all the (laughs) magazines, the rules. Oh my God, why men love bitches. That one, I hate that book so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That one, like all of them, right? And they were very tactical. They told you how to play the game. So I remember doing the exact same thing as your friend, Alana, like sitting there waiting, just waiting. And if I could get back all those hours, I would so much rather send a text, hear they're not interested and then move on. But we think that we're like supposed to play these games. Like what rules or bad dating advice you found got in your way? I know. And it's tough because on one hand, I get it. You want the validation of knowing that yes. they texted yeah. you. You know, yeah. you yes. want that. And I I fully understand that. But at the end of the day, them texting you is not going to be what makes or breaks it. And you texting them, nobody's ever been like, oh, this person texted me first. I'm over it. Right. Yeah. Unless they were already on their way out. You know, exactly. And then right. fine, you sped up the process. Right. Exactly. So is yeah. there any like rules that you look back at today that you're just like, why did I think this was a good idea? I feel like I never followed rules. Like I was always like, no, like I'm going to do what I want because I need to do what feels right for me. That being said, I definitely made a lot of very poor decisions and like called people when I shouldn't have. Like I definitely like that guy I was in that bad relationship with, like definitely showed up at his apartment when I assumed that he was like, on a date and not answering oh, me and waited shit, for three hours God. for him to come home and me for me to catch him. Like there were terrible decisions I made <laughs> where maybe if I had followed rules, they would have kept yeah. me in check a little. It's like you were the opposite. <laughs> like instead of holding back, you're just like, I'm doing it. But you know what? 
do I regret it? Like, would I undo it? Maybe some of the things, but I, I really feel like I did what I felt like I needed. Mm -hmm. And I totally like respect my younger self for that mostly, except for some situations. No, I mean, look, I think the biggest thing was like, I wouldn't listen to what my friends were telling me to do. Mm. And that's something where, you know, I see in today's dating world, today's dating world, as opposed to the dating world I was in a few years ago. Um, it's all the same. <laughs> so long ago. In the olden days, I feel like people are so misled by their friends. And yes, that is why I am proud of myself for not listening to their advice. I mean, even when I started dating my now partner of a year and a half, Jake, right before our first date, the day of our first date, I hadn't heard from him until it was like four or five o'clock. And I texted two of my friends. One was a straight male and one a straight female. And they were like, one of them, the guy said, oh, the date's not happening. Like he's totally mm. standing you up. And I'm like, that doesn't seem like we, you know, like we made the plan. He made the reservation. I don't think he's standing me up. And the girl was like, on a absolutely do not text him to confirm like that's his job like you made other plans now you're busy you have yeah. other things to do yeah. you're not waiting around for him and I'm like well maybe he had a really busy day at work like I said I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and they were like well Anna like you're so pathetic if you confirm this date and text him first and I was like nope I'm gonna do it and I texted him and he was like hey I was just about to text you like sorry crazy day at work I'm so excited I'll see you at seven and I'm like perfect great and then there you go I send them that screenshot and they were like don't respond uh -huh. and I'm like what, yeah you what have do the you upper hand. don't respond I'm like I'm like no I'm gonna say perfect sounds great and I'm gonna heart yeah. his message and they were like no he doesn't deserve your warmth like don't you dare heart it and I'm like what and yeah even like the next day I later looked back at this group chat that I had and I told Jake like what they were telling me to say and do and he was like I would never have dated you if you behaved the way that they like instructed you to yeah yeah it's true and it's it just shows you you nobody else even your closest friend can speak for the person you're seeing because they're not in that person's shoes. Like we can all give advice all we want. It's really fucking easy to give advice. But if you're not in the situation, you're not speaking the truth. And ultimately, maybe you realize, okay, maybe like we're cutting it close to time. Next time, would you mind confirming a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. right? It's more of a discussion between yeah. you and the person you're dating, not what do we think is happening here? If he's not confirming in time must mean X, Y, and Z mind readers it's so hard though because it's like all such a thin line right because like on one side i totally agree with you like i think it's coming from a good place like we want to protect our friends and we want the best for them i don't think it's coming from a bad place but i feel like we write people off so quickly like we've talked about this too it's like people just anything that is slightly off is now a red flag it's a challenge yeah. you know and we don't give people the benefit of the doubt but then on the other side like you're talking about your first relationship that ended ended up being like the rock bottom point is sometimes we give people too much of a chance mm -hmm. and our friends can see things and be like, look, this is not the best version of you. This person's not bringing out a good side. I will never get in my friend's business ever again because I've done that before. And ultimately, mm -hmm. until they're ready to hear it, even if it's a bad situation, it almost doesn't matter that you tell them. Like, I think there is a line like you don't want to ignore a completely red flag situation. But at the same time, it's like there's only so much you can do as an outsider. Like this person hopefully will come to it pending like really bad abuse or something that really does require intervention. But it's hard to know. But I guess like what's your opinion? 
opinion because like there is kind of the two extremes of this whole thing it's really tough to navigate I've been on both sides of it you know when I was in that bad relationship I think every single one of my friends came to me and was like we're here to talk if you want like or you're not okay but I pushed them all away. That's that's what I did as a response. I didn't want to hear them. I yeah. no longer wanted to talk to them about my relationship. And I literally pushed every single one of my friends away. I'm very fortunate that when shit did hit the fan and I did realize I wasn't okay and this situation was horrible, they were all still there for me. And they understood that I was pushing them away, not because I didn't care about them, didn't respect them and value them and love them, but because of what I was going through. And so I feel really lucky that, you know, when I did finally need them, they were all still there for me. Mm. But I do think that there are situations where I have seen friendships end because somebody says like, I don't think this person is right for Mm -hmm. you. And I think a big part of it is how you approach the subject and your word choice and your intention with the conversation. You know, I've definitely had friends where I do not like their partners. I just don't like them. Oh, same. (laughs) And it's really, really tough. Like, I don't want to hang out with them. We should do an episode on that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't want to give them more chances. Like, I don't want to get to know them better. And, you know, I had a friend who asked me point blank, like, what do you think of him? And I said, I don't know him well enough to speak on his character, but I love how happy he makes you. Yes, yes. And she said, that's not what I asked. I don't want to know what you think of me with him. I want to know what you think of him. And that was really scary for me. Well, yeah, uh, it's so hard because I've definitely done that before, too. Like we had a full on intervention with my friend who is now married to her boyfriend or boyfriend at the time, now husband. Yeah, she's married. I'm so (laughs) glad she didn't listen to us, though, because with this situation, like I really love her husband now. I feel like I just didn't know him well enough. Like you're like, no, I didn't. But it it can go the other way, I guess. Like I, I do regret intervening in this situation because he wasn't treating her bad like it was because like he wasn't like the person I'd hang out with I think there's a difference of like this person is not treating you well versus that but that being said I think that sometimes feeds into the anxiety when you're asking your friends all these questions all the time and you're never able to just be like this is my gut. I'm trusting it. Or even if I fuck up, like I'll come out of it somehow. You know, I think there is a confidence in that. And again, what the line is, it's hard because it's like you don't want to never talk to your friends about people. But I think like just talking endlessly in circles isn't the solution either. Yeah. The thing is this, this is all feeding into anxiety because when someone, yeah. when an anxious person asks their friends for opinion, it is, I think, a responsibility as the friend to ask back, what do you want out of this conversation? What are you looking for? Yeah. You want me to just listen? You want me to give you my honest opinion? Or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? And most of the time is C. <laughs> people just want to hear what they want yes. to hear. Yes. And in those situations, like your situation, Alana, with the text, I think it would just been fine if your friends were like, just text him. You'll be fine. And then you, yeah, that, exactly. you were fucking going to do that anyway right you were gonna do that regardless of what they said so i think it's like on yes the onus is on the friend just to just ask i just want to clarify what are you looking for in this question yeah and you know what to that point i love suggesting that when somebody comes to you and starts like venting to you about something i think as a friend the best thing you can do Mm -hmm. is say do you want my advice or do you just want me to listen let's hold that thought for a quick message 
This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I feel like this all stems from validation. Mm -hmm. You know, like you want to know that you're not making the wrong decisions, the wrong moves. You know, I think it ties into what we were talking about earlier, too, of this anxiety of like not being chosen because you want the validation that you're worthwhile. You know, like how did you start to come out of this? Like walk us through your dating life that you're deep in the trenches of anxiety to kind of where you are now that you were able to meet your partner and, you know, move out out of it a bit. (laughs) Yeah, it was a journey. Let me tell you. I mean, I feel like people always look at me now and I try and be really careful of the content I put out specifically when it is me and him because it's like, great, it's like happy, it's fun, but it wasn't always like this. And I didn't just snap my fingers and get this. It took a lot of work and a lot of like pain for me and a lot of growth. But I think one big turning point for me, this was mid pandemic. I, well, two things. Okay. One, I met this guy right before the pandemic started. We had gone on like seven, maybe eight dates right before like that March 14th Mm -hmm. week where all hell broke (laughs) loose and things were going so well. And I felt like, oh my God, like we're on the same page. Like this is it. I feel super comfortable with him. You know, at one point, maybe between like dates three and four, he wasn't being a good texter and at all. And it was making me second guess. I'm like, well, I'm so confused because when I'm with him, I feel like everything is so perfect and we're totally on the same page and I feel so good. And then I leave and the texting is like really Mm -hmm. scattered and I don't hear from him that much. And I feel like he hates me. And so I said that to him on our like fourth date. I was like, I was like, this might sound really weird, but I feel like sometimes you hate me because I don't hear from you. And I'm a really big texter and maybe you're just not. And I just kind of want to know, like, are you not that interested or are you just not a big texter? Because maybe we're just on different pages about Mm. texting or we're on different pages. And he was like, I'm so sorry that my texting has made you feel that way. I don't text that much during the week when I'm at work, but if it's important to you, I can absolutely text you more. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I can tell somebody what I need and and see see if they can show up for me and fulfill that need. And that was really eye opening for me. And then that relationship ended up going for about like six months. We were basically COVID broke out. We both went to our family's homes in different states and we were in this kind of long distance relationship, but we met each other's families and friends over FaceTime. We had weekly FaceTime dates, like really got to know each other and build this incredibly strong emotional connection. And at one point he came to visit me and we did this like outside at my house, like he met my parents and I was supposed to go visit him and stay with his family for like a week, the following Mm. week. And in between that time, he called me. I was very blindsided and he said, I can't do this. It has nothing to do with you. This is just a really hard time. I really want to focus on myself right now, but I promise it's nothing you did. And that was really confusing for me because Mm. I did believe him on one hand because I felt like this was the first time where there was nothing I did wrong, Mm -hmm. but I didn't understand why it ended. So That was both positive and negative for me, where I couldn't point to why this ended. It was so confusing, but I felt so confident about everything that I did that I'm like, okay, this isn't my fault. Two years later to like the week that we ended things this past summer, he posted on his Instagram that he came out and we ended up reconnecting. Oh, Oh, (laughs) we ended up reconnecting. I texted him. I was like, and, and he came on the podcast and we did an episode together about this, but I texted him like, Jordan, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for being you. And he goes, he responds immediately. You were the last girl I ever slept with. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we have not spoken. Our texts before were of me trying to fight for us. 
two years ago. That is so, such a good example, though, of like how you just don't know what's going on know. with people. And your your immediate instinct is to jump to like, if they wanted to, they would comment, right? Yeah, I hate yeah. that. It's like, well, this guy wanted to sleep with And he men, couldn't. So. Yeah. yeah, he literally couldn't. And, and he, you know, we talked about it at length and dating me helped him realize that he isn't interested in women because I was the like ideal girl in his yeah. mind, the exact type of person he wanted to end up with, but something was missing. So when we ended and me feeling really confident about all the choices I made and my behavior throughout the whole thing and feeling good about myself and saying like, all right, something happened here. I don't know what, but I can be in like a healthy, great relationship. That was a really big thing for me. And then big thing number two was a few months later, I had gone on like three dates with this guy and he had told me that that, you know, he was planning on spending the winter in Florida because of COVID and his family has a place there. And so he didn't want to lead me on if he was going to leave and couldn't commit. Mm. But he really liked hanging out with me and wanted to keep hanging out with me. And when I tell you this conversation was one that I had heard a million times, I was told this so many times in the past. And every single time I said to myself, like, challenge accepted, like, yep. I'm going to change their mind. I'm going to make yep. them want to yes. stay. Yes. Like they what said they like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> this time I was actually I was talking to Logan Yuri about it. Mm-hmm. And she she said like, Alana, there are two different things you could do. You could continue on with it, knowing that you'll probably get hurt and that there's nothing wrong with that. If you like him and value the time you spent together, like go for it. Or I think you'd be really proud of yourself if you chose yourself and stood up for yourself Mm -hmm. and walked away from him. And that's actually what I ended up doing. And I am so grateful for Logan for giving me that piece of advice because, you know, even though it was her kind of pushing me to do it, I was the one who did it. And I felt so proud of myself and Mm -hmm. so empowered walking away and breaking that cycle finally yes, and saying like, no, I do deserve yes. more and I want to be with somebody who wants to be with me, who I don't have to like yes. convince to be with me. Right. Well, it's putting yourself yes. in the driver's seat and it's yeah. saying like, what do I want? Not just what do they want and going yeah. along with it. And exactly. I know like personally for years, I feel like I was kind of just like, well, I'll just end up with whoever wants me kind of thing. Like it was like whoever makes the move, whoever reaches out. And then there was this breaking point that was like, no, like you're in charge of every other part of your life. Like, why would this be different? And I think some of it is just the way women are socialized too. So you're, Mm. okay, so you're out of this, you have these pivotal moments. What does dating look like, like leading up to your now partner? Did you meet kind of like right after? So I met him, it was probably like four months after I ended that thing with that guy who couldn't commit. And it was again, this other pivotal moment that led me to being with him where I had gone on like two or three dates with this other guy. Let's call him Brad. And I was obsessed with Brad. It's always Brad. <laughs> it's always yeah, Brad. Like, that's Brad the typical Chad. F-boy yeah. name. <laughs> I was obsessed with Poor Brad. Brad. So, <laughs> so obsessed with Brad. And mm-hmm. Jake came along. And his name is actually Jake. So we'll stick with Jake. (laughs) Jake came along and, you know, we went on this first date. And in my mind, I was like, oh, like, I'll just let this be a distraction from, you know, my Mm, obsession with Brad. Because people, you know, suggest that for anxious daters, you date multiple people at a time. And I've always been very bad at that. But I went on this first date with Jake. First date was very fine. It was tough. It was 20 degrees and we were sitting outside. And so it's like hard to have a fun time, even if they're amazing. Yeah. We just talked about how cold we were, you know? So. It was a fine date. I wasn't dying to see him again. You know, I probably like went to the bathroom and checked to see if Brad texted me during it. Right. Right after our first date, Jake texted me and said, I had a great time and I'd love to see you again. And I was like, wow, that's so refreshing. I Mm -hmm. can do that because I didn't even have overnight to think 
does he want to see me again? He just told me. Meanwhile, I'm freaking the fuck out about Brad and if Brad wants to see me again. So we continue on. We go on a second date. Second date, a lot better. We do it inside this time. (laughs) Got to know each other. Got to talk about other things besides the weather. And I went on a third date with Brad. Third date was less great with Brad. It was more like, okay, like maybe, but I didn't care. I was so obsessed. I wanted him to like me so badly. Mm. So I'm freaking out about if me and Brad are going to go on a fourth date. And after my second date with Jake, he texts me and says, I know you're going home for a week and then going away for two weeks, but I'd love to talk while you're gone and see you when you're back. And again, didn't give me a minute to be anxious. I was just like, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel super comfortable. Like I can totally do that. And then I'm talking to Jonah, who was my old co-host of seeing other people at the time. And we're talking about this. And he's like, Alana, like you need to listen to yourself because do you even like Brad? And I'm like, what do you mean? Do I like Brad? Of course I like, I I think I like Brad. And he was like, do you like Brad? Like, what do you like about him? Like, why does it matter if I like Brad, if Brad doesn't like me, Mm -hmm. we don't know if Brad likes me. All Mm -hmm. that matters is does Brad like me and we don't know because he hasn't asked me out again. And he was like, Alana, like, listen to yourself. Like, you can't even look at me and tell me that you like this guy. Right. And I was like, holy shit, he's right. Mm-hmm. And when I like zoomed back, I was like, wait a second, I'm obsessing over Brad because I'm so anxious because he's not communicating and I don't know how he feels. So I don't even know how I feel. And right. he did end up texting me and giving me that like, I feel like we should see what else is out there text. And once this happened, I was like, wait, I actually don't care about seeing you again because I really <laughs> realize I don't like you and I've just been anxious and panicking and I have this great guy here who's communicating with me and I feel really comfortable with. So in my mind, I thought that I was like so much more into Brad than Jake because oh my, my God, like yeah. mental capacity was it was like 80% Brad because I was just like anxious and freaking out about him and I felt comfortable and myself with Jake and so it was this really interesting comparison of that anxiety that I felt with everybody versus yes. actually feeling calm and stable and safe and confident and <laughs> not freaking out every second if I was going to hear from this guy. I hope people will replay exactly that story back because this is what we hear from anxious daters all the time. It's not that you're obsessed with the person. You're actually obsessed with the feeling of being anxious. Yeah. And that anxiety is what creates quote unquote chemistry for people or Mm -hmm. the spark. When anxious daters come to us and say, oh, things are fine with this new person, but I don't feel spark. I don't feel chemistry. And we dig into like why that's happening. And they're like, well, everything's going fine and we're you know they're very communicative and we're seeing each other regularly mm-hmm. then we're like what's wrong what is like, wrong is actually is a good thing it's a good thing right. but i think your cycle and pattern is based on these feelings of anxiety and mind reading that when you don't have it in a relationship you mm-hmm. tend to think your like for this person is less which is not true you're actually just yearning for a feeling that created that quote-unquote spark in the first place which is not a real thing at all as you know logan yuri was a fuck the spark exactly (laughs) it's funny because we had this whole discussion and debate about friends but then your friend jonah basically was the light that you needed right so i think sometimes look sometimes friends jonah's the one who told me to not go on that date that i would be stood up let's be clear about that okay all right i feel like they're useful sometimes and again maybe it's what you want to hear at the time it's like you've already kind of come to that but maybe that's the question for you because like i 100 percent resonate with your story and i think a lot of times 
comes the anxiety. You're chasing the anxiety. I think that's a good way to put it. Like you said, UA. But like with my current partner, what you were saying, he did the exact same things. Like on the date, asked for the next date, texted every day since we've been dating. There's never been a time that I felt anxious with him. And I was able to share my anxieties. And he's like, same thing. Like, I'll help you meet them. Right. right. But it took me and we had Dr. Abigail Lev, who was a schemas expert that, you know, what are your internal beliefs? And like one of my core beliefs is this fear of abandonment, which I brought up earlier as a source of anxiety. And she did this exercise with us, like, how can you take like the number one thing that's bothering you in dating and realize that that's like your greatest need in a partnership? So at that point, I realized, okay, I need consistency. But before that, I was never looking for that. So then when my partner showed up and was always consistent, I was like, okay, there's something here. Like, what do you think for you outside of Jonah, like kind of being like, you know, get it together. Do you even like this person? What do you think it was for you that helped you bridge that gap that you were maybe receptive to hearing it? It was probably reassurance Mm. or confirmation that somebody was interested because I spent so long trying to fight for people to be interested and convince them to be interested. So knowing and hearing from Jake that like without even having to, you know, ask for it or wait for it or hope for it, just that immediate reassurance and confirmation that he wanted to see me, it just allowed me to focus on him and us and proceed like and not get so caught up in, well, why hasn't he texted me? Or when Mm -hmm. am I going to see him again? You know, like I went away for three weeks to visit family between dates two and three. And that's a really awkward time to leave Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, do you text all the time? Do you not? Like how much should you be getting to know each other? Like what are the expectations? It's such a confusing time. But I didn't even spend a minute feeling anxious about it because he told me that he wanted to see me again when I was back and that he wanted to talk while we were gone. And some days we talked and some days we didn't. And I didn't think twice on the days that we didn't because Mm -hmm. I felt so comfortable because he gave me that confirmation. Mm -hmm. Well, the difference is you had high expectations for Brad because you were obsessed with that feeling, but you had no expectations with Jake. So then every time he exceeded your low expectations, you were pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, I never expected this. So that anxious energy, you didn't even bring it onto the date, right? You were just like a different dater. You didn't care. Uh huh. I was in Florida for those three weeks. I ended up leaving and coming back because I got off of a wait list to get a vaccine. And I told him I was coming back for like 48 hours just because, you know, felt weird to like not tell him I was coming back to New York when we're like having casual conversations. He worked on the weekends and I was not thinking anything of like, oh, I'm going to see this guy or I want to see this guy. I was just like, yeah, I'm popping back, like got off the wait list for a vaccine, beating you to it. He ended up asking somebody to cover his shift at work so he could take me to brunch. It's amazing. That's someone that wants to be in it, right? You know, right. And I don't think it (sighs) like some people would listen to that and say, well, that exactly if he wanted to, he would. And it's like, it's just that he saw this opportunity to like get to know me. And I think that had it been Brad, who I said, I'm coming back to New York for 48 hours, I would have been in my mind, like, I hope he says that he's going to make time to see me and all this. And like, 
I yeah. didn't yeah exactly yeah. I didn't have that expectation whatsoever and that date ended up being the turning point where I decided mm. I really do like this guy it was the day after mm-hmm. my vaccine I had a fever I felt <laughs> horrible I literally had to put my arm in a sling because I could not move it and ended up having an amazing day he literally had to cut my food for me and like put my jacket on for me and oh. we ended up having a great brunch walking around a lot and then we talked about how we both loved One Tree Hill I was getting in the cab we were like already said goodbye and I'm like you know I'm just gonna go home and watch One Tree Hill for the rest of the night if you want to come. Oh. And so we came. And I was like, wow, this is somebody I can have an amazing day out with when I feel horrible. And then go back, immediately change into sweatpants, even though we're still on yeah. our third date, and just <laughs> sit on the couch, again, feeling horrible, and feel comfortable with. I love all of that so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so amazing. I guess the last couple questions for you before we go into takeaways. Like, has there ever been a time in this relationship that you've still felt anxious? And if so, like, how did you do deal with that in a healthy way? The answer is yes, but really only like it only manifested in one way. And that way is that for probably the first like six, seven, eight months, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. Everything was good (laughs) and everything felt great. And we had such great open communication and we were always on the same page and and making that clear. And I was like, well, something's going to go wrong. It can't actually be this good because I wasn't used to things working out. I was used to waiting for things to dramatically crash and burn. So that was probably the hardest thing for me. And I definitely wasted a lot of time, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop when it wasn't going to. And then I guess the last question before we do takeaways, like what advice would you have for people that are in the midst of feeling anxious still in dating and relationships? I think it's really important to figure out where your anxiety is coming from and to become familiar with what anxiety is yours. What are you usually anxious about? How does that show up? So that way, you know, when you're, you know, you start seeing somebody new or talking to somebody new and you feel this like ping of anxiety. Well, is that your anxiety? Is that the anxiety that you've always had? Mm -hmm. Or is that new anxiety that's coming Mm -hmm. from this person's maybe behavior or maybe communication or lack of communication? And I think knowing what's yours versus what's new with somebody is so important to pay attention to. That way it can help you filter like, okay, I actually feel more anxious with this person. Maybe this isn't a fit. And recognizing that and saying that's okay. It's okay to not be a fit with everybody. It's okay if somebody makes you feel more anxious because that just means that they're not the right person for you. And guess what? There will be somebody out there that you don't feel more anxious with. You might even feel less anxious with. No, that's so important to identify where it's coming from is so key. This has been such a great conversation. I mean, I have a few main takeaways plus one aha moment that kind of just blew my mind (laughs) in this convo. But I think first and foremost, just how much much dating is a personal growth journey. Like we always want to skip to the end. But I feel like we talked about like Brad probably had such an impact, you know, in Mm. coming to this realization. Sometimes you really do have to just go through it and not feel bad if you've been there before. And I think even like it's great to hear you're not anxious today. But even if you still have anxiety, that's okay. As long as you're like figuring out how to manage it, get more authentic, be real. I think the biggest mistake so many of us make is being 
be expecting people to be a mind reader, where this is really coming out of a fear of them saying something that we don't want to hear, like them basically confirming our worst beliefs. So therefore, we don't ask the questions and then sit anxiously. So the more we can continuously grow, and even if it's looking the anxiety in the eye and just being like, I see you, (laughs) like, I'm not going to let that, you know, hold me back from a great relationship. I think all of that is time well spent in not to beat ourselves up, but look at it as a form of growth. So that's like the first thing that comes to mind. I think the biggest aha moment I had with this is like, I've talked about this before too, like when people are like, what drew you to your partner? And I'm like, the consistency. But I almost hate Mm -hmm. saying that because it kind of like devalues everything else about him. And like the only, it's not like the reason I'm with him is because he was consistent. It makes it seem like, (laughs) oh, this is the first person that like did all these things for you. And then like you, you were saying too, like the no expectations. Like, I don't want the reason why we're with people is because we don't have expectations and they're like showing up for us, you know? But what the aha moment I had was when that stuff is there, like it's not a problem, it allows the connection to flourish because you're not Mm -hmm. focused on the stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. You know, that's it's the blocking of really getting to know this person as a person. Like if you're not worried about when they're going to reach out next or when you're going to see them again, you get to know them like you would a friend or like someone that you can just bond with. And that's when connection happens. And ultimately, you know, all these games and all these rules and arbitrary things that we're putting out there to protect ourselves, it's not letting us form connection with people. So the more we can just get real and, you know, have the mentality of like, okay, I'm the one in control here. And if this person doesn't like me, like tough luck, or maybe they're gay, they don't know it yet. Like, we don't mm-hmm. know, you know, like, there's you so many, know. you never know what's going on for them. And it's, it's like, it almost doesn't matter. It's like, all they're doing is making room for the person that's meant to be. And I know so much easier said than done when you're not in the thick of it. But I think about like all the people that were kind of in my orbit before I met my current partner. And I feel like I got rejected more times than ever before in my life because I had this I don't give a fuck attitude. Like I'm just Mm going to put it out. And if they're not there, like instead of like waiting, I'm just like, I'm going to find out. And I'm so glad in retrospect, those people did not work out as you probably are with Brad and, you know, the guy that's now like not into women, right? Like there's so many reasons why these people just were it's almost like they are there to get you to the place you need to be absolutely and and Mm -hmm. with all that said you know it can be so rocky and bumpy along the way (laughs) like every single experience is a learning experience whether or not you realize it in the moment I mean, that's all we can really say about dating. It's a learning experience. Nobody has it all figured out. None of these dating experts, dating apps, dating companies, nobody has it figured out because everyone's trying to learn along the way. And I think the biggest learning for me in this conversation is most of the time it's not about you. It may have nothing to do with you. You don't know what's going on in someone's life. You don't know who's coming in and out of their life. And you could be the best person for them, but if they're not ready to receive you, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with where they are in their life. And we're all such multifaceted, complicated creatures. It's hard, you know, like Julie and I are, we're talking to people about why they didn't continue dating other people for a project. And most of them can't articulate, they cannot articulate the exact reason why. And then they have to like force themselves to think of a very superficial reason. Most of the time it's just, they just weren't at that 
point in their life to receive this person. So I think that's learning number one. And my second and final learning is anxiety is a feeling that we can disconnect from ourselves. So we can name it something like I would name my anxiety Brad. And I would say <laughs> Brad is here. Bye, okay? Brad. Brad yeah. is present. And if we can name the anxiety, then when we feel it with someone, instead of saying that's a spark or chemistry, we can say Brad is present. And I think that puts everything to perspective. You're like, like well, if Brad is present, three's too much for me right now, right? Three's not company, three's a crowd. So I'm going to have to get rid of this feeling. And it would be good because then we can separate out, do I actually like this person versus am I just obsessed with Brad? <laughs> exactly. Brad being I love that so feeling. much. <laughs> I think like one other thing that came to mind too is like, I love that when something's in your mind, you just said it. Like this back to we can't let anxiety just feeds us like expecting people to be mind readers. Like when you were talking about the story, how, you know, the guy that you were seeing wasn't texting you as much as you would have liked to. The fact that you just put it out there, that's like true vulnerability because you're yeah. sharing how you're feeling. And like he was able to actually meet you where you were. And yeah. I think the fear of someone disappearing or cutting it off holds us back for saying that type of thing. But ultimately, even if that guy was like, you're ridiculous. Like I text enough or why would you like, do you want to be with that person? <laughs> you know, like that's enough of a reason where it's not a fit. So I think we have to like stop being afraid that we're going to scare away the wrong people and stop like bottling things up. I think that to me has been like a pivotal moment of my life is that I just let like, I'll just say what's on my mind now where for years, yes. I just kept it in. And all that does is foster anxiety. Thank you for this conversation. I feel less Brad in my life already. I'm, re I'm ready to move on to Chad, which is a more freeing name. <laughs> Brad, I'm Chad, sure. Vlad. Yeah, all the all the names all that Brad just Yeah. <laughs> They can all go away. Alana, if people want to get to know you better, where are all the different places they can find you? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you both so much for having me. This has been such an amazing conversation. I'm like so sad it's over, but so glad we get to do it again. <laughs> We're going to do it again. Yes. Yeah. You guys can listen to Seeing Other People wherever you listen to podcasts and you can follow along at Seeing Other People on Instagram. And then I'm on TikTok at Ilana.Dunn. And we will be joining Seeing Other People. So Gotta check, check out. us out there. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks again. We're, I'm so glad we made this happen. That was was so so great that also literally flew by it flew by but we're going to continue yeah. the conversation we'll have to yes. have you back at some point too and just because you two just recently moved in right yes we moved in a month ago yeah okay yeah so that's that's definitely another topic <laughs> for another episode but for now we're going to wrap up this episode for all of our listeners thanks for coming along for the ride if you like to air out your own personal anxiety or brads you can do that by giving us a rating and review an apple podcast you know say something about how we helped you get rid of the brad in your life <laughs> and five, five stars, stars while you're at it yeah five stars and while you're there go on seeing other people and give alana a five star rating and a review too right might as well yeah um, did you know this both. is the way to alleviate anxiety is just give five star reviews. it'll save you years of therapy you get a five star review you get a five star review <laughs> sharing is caring okay we're gonna wrap up this episode stay the Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. 
tag us in any post with a hashtag StayDateable, and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Thank you.